Boker Tov, we are on chapter 11. Mm. Not that kind of chapter 11. <laughs> the good kind of chapter 11. The chapter 11 of Tanakh. Mm. We are in Sefer Shemuel chapter 11. And we're also on verse 11. But before we go to verse 11, let's summarize. Let's quickly summarize what happened. Last time on the Navi podcast, the... What's going on here? What's going on? A man, a king named Nahash Amoni, the Ammonite king, came against Yavesh Gilad. And he threatened Yavesh Gilad and he said, Ha, I'm going to beat, I'm going to kill you. And they said, Please make us a covenant. And he says, Only if you gouge out your right eye. So they're like, Oh, mm. shoot, it's not good. So they, uh, they asked the people of, of Nahash Amoni, the Ammonite people, to give them a week. They take, a, they take a week and they send messengers to Givat Shaul, which is where Shaul lives. And they say their situation. And Shaul says, why is everybody crying? They have to say, we can do this. So Shaul takes a, 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 a calf. He cuts it up. He takes two calves. He cuts it up into pieces. He sends it out to all of Israel. And he says, whoever does not join in battle against the Nachash Amoni to save Yavesh Gilad, is, this is going to happen to his property. So he gathered them in Bezek and they amounted to... 30,000 people from Yehuda and 300,000 from Israel. Okay? And then they said to the messengers from Yavesh Gilad, don't worry, we're going to come and save you tomorrow. In the meantime, Yavesh Gilad people say to Nachash, okay, tomorrow we're going to come and do as you please. Now they're saying this in a vague way because they have an ace in there. It's an ace in the hole. They have a, you know, a trick up their sleeve, which is they know that the soldiers of Israel are coming to save them. Mm-hmm. Okay? So they tell Nachash Amoni that we're going to be coming and Nachash Amoni thinks, ah, oh, they've given in, you know, so their, their guard is now down. And that's what we've done. So what's interesting about the story are the players that are in the story. Who are the people of Yavesh Gilad? Where have we seen them before? Um, we've seen them in the story of Pilegesh Begiv'ah. So let's run through quickly the story of Pilegesh Begiv'ah. The people of Binyamin, they rape and kill the concubine of the man from Levi. The man from Levi, he sends out a message to all of Israel and they come and they want to do battle against Binyamin. They do battle against Binyamin, and there's, they lose a few times, but then eventually they eradicate Binyamin. They almost destroy the entire population of Binyamin. They didn't want to marry into... And then they made a promise that their, their daughters would not marry into the tribe of Binyamin any longer. Okay? So the problem with that was that after seeing the, the, the dust settle, they said, wait a second, we're about to see a tribe of Israel, we're about to see them die out completely, which we don't want. So they went to a city called Yavesh Gilad and they said, and notice, it's Binyamin being fought with, Binyamin was destroyed. They go to a city called Yavesh Gilad and they say, they go to the people of Yavesh Gilad and they say, they say that you guys did not join us in battle against Binyamin. They said, we will find the city that did not join in battle against Binyamin. They found that Yavesh Gilad had not joined in battle against Binyamin in the civil war. So what did they do? They said, these women are going to serve as wives for the people of Binyamin. So they kill everyone, the men and, and the married women. They take the unmarried women, they give them as wives to the people of Binyamin. And then there were a few Binyamin people left who did not have wives to marry. So then they went and they, they stole from the wives of the, the girls of the people who were dancing in Shiloh. But that was a separate thing. But you see the backstory of Yavesh Gilad is that because of Binyamin... They were completely eradicated, these people of Yavesh Gilad. And their women and their daughters were taken as wives for the people of Binyamin. 
So you would expect that the people of Yavesh Gilad were not so fond of Binyamin. And because they were forced to marry him. Yeah, and because of Binyamin, all of the shenanigans of Binyamin, they ended up getting destroyed. And you could imagine that Yavesh Gilad is not really like the most favored. It's, it's more of like a backwater place in Israel. It's not like the most, uh, you know, it's not the cream of the crop. Yeah. You know? So the fact that they're involved in this story is very interesting. Now, what makes it more interesting is that which tribe is Shaul from? Binyamin. Binyamin. So the tribe that caused the downfall of Yavesh Gilad is now through Shaul trying to cause the salvation of Yavesh Gilad. So oh, it's, almost wow. like, it's almost like we're coming Redemption. full circle. We're redeeming, exactly, that's what, we're redeeming the whole story of, of Pilegash Begiv'ah through the success of Shaul, through the success of Shaul and saving the people of Yavesh Gilad. So that's the backstory here. That's like the, the deeper backstory behind this whole thing. Now, Pasuk Yid'ala, it was the next day. Shaul put the people as three heads, meaning three brigades. They came towards the morning. They came into the camp. And they struck Amon to the heat of the day, meaning until the day got hot, meaning not even many days. Just from the morning until midday, they, they struck Amon. They were leftover people of Amon, and they all got spread out. They all uh, got scattered. And there were not two people remaining together, meaning they got so scattered, the people of Ammon, that, you know, they all got spread out to the extent that even two people were not left together. So the people, now seeing that Shaul has just successfully gathered the whole army of Yehuda and Israel, what are they thinking of now? They see that Shaul has just had an incredible military success with 330,000 people all united for the first time since Yoshua's time. And they say, who were those people who said, Shaul yimlochalenu? Remember whenever Shaul had first become king in Mitzpah, that, that official coronation that Shemuel did, there were people that went with him, but there were also people that said, who is this guy? Who is this Ben Kish that is yimlochalenu? So now after they see that Shaul is successful in battle, now the people have, have really fallen in locks up with Shaul. They ask, who were those people who asked about Shaul that he's, if he's going to be a good enough king? Let's kill those people because they were rebelling against the king. And now that Shaul has all of the people behind him, you know, the, the people are trying to come to his defense. So as you see, like he succeeded in winning the hearts of the people to the extent that the people want to eradicate his adversaries. But Shaul answers and he says, Nobody will die on this day. Because Hashem on this day has done salvation for Israel. So is this a good thing or a bad thing what Shaul does? Should he have killed his detractors or not? There's a Gemara that says that this is the reason for Shaul's downfall. That not necessarily that he did something wrong here, but Shaul, he's too pious, he's too humble for the position of king. That's his, uh, his ongoing problem, is that Shaul, he's, he's, his piety is misplaced. His humility is misplaced. It's too intense for the job of king. So there's some people that say that he actually should have killed his detractors because you know, he has to consolidate his rule. And he has to do, you know, has to make sure people fall in, in line with the, the law of the king. But what Shaul does here is he's saying it's a happy day. No need to get everybody so depressed. No need to kill people wantonly. Today is a happy day. We're not going to kill the distractors. Everybody is good now. Now Shemuel sees this opportunity When he was in Mitzpah One chapter ago The people did not really buy into Shaul's reign He ended up going home 
But now he says, wow, the people have fully bought into this whole story of Shaul. Let's go back to Gilgal, which was, you know where Gilgal is? Gilgal is the, it's the first place where they established the Mishkan in Israel. Mm-hmm. It is also the place where they did the Brit Milaz in Israel. No, wait. It's the place where they did the Brit Milaz? What do you mean the Brit Milaz? Who's Brit Milaz? Whenever they entered Israel, they had to do Brit Milaz. Uh, now, is, it, is that where they did the Brit No, they did Brit Milaz. No, it's not the, it's a place where they established the Mishkan and it's the first place where they settled the camp when they came into the into Israel. I don't know why I thought it was a place where they did the Brit Milah. Look in the commentaries if you find it. Let's see. Okay, so he says, let's go to Gilgal and let's make the Milukha there. Let's re-establish a kingship there. People all go to Gilgal. And they, they, um, they inaugurate Shaul as king. Before Hashem in Gilgal. And they brought... Shelamim offerings there by Smach Sham Shaul the Cholam She Israel Ad Meol, and there Shaul and all the people of Israel rejoiced greatly. So finally, Shaul has consolidated his reign, and he is now officially king. So this all this whole process of turning Shaul into king took a very long time. It started way back yeah, when. Furthermore, Joshua circumcised the men at Gilgal, which in itself was a miraculous event because God has protected in. Capitated nation from like, attack by the Canaanites and still fighting I men thought, to recover. Thus, the a reminder of God's omnipotence and love of Israel when they were loyal to Okay, Israel. so it was a place where they did bring me love. A bunch of things. Many and things. also it was a place where he brought the stones yes. from the Yarden. Okay, so there's a lot going on on Gilgal. You could understand why it would be a place where they would inaugurate a king. You know, I they really did like the inauguration. What, what does it mean, inauguration? Like a party? Like yeah, a like a cor- coronation ceremony. Oh, yeah, but they right? already did the thing twice. So, the, the so they did. The they did the twice. anointing. He did it once in private yeah. with that jug. Yeah, that was after that meal he had with the people. Yeah, remember? Yeah, and then he went to mitzvah and he did it again publicly. There was no, there was no anointing there. There was just a public announcement that he's the king. That was through the lottery system. But then the people did oh, not really buy into it. Okay. So now after the war, finally he does one final coronation. And that's in Gilgal, one of the central places of, Israel, of Israeli history. To like solidify his kingship and finally he gets solidified. Right. So okay. the process of solidifying Shaul as king took a very long time. Yeah. Okay. Baruch Amen. 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 Amen.